What I want with this life is to have the freedom and uh, flexibility to work from anywhere. Hi, I'm Isabel Hogal, and this is Borderline. I don't know about you, but some days I wake up and the walls are just closing in. Home is not a nest, it's a cage, and I gotta get out. I'm bouncing off the walls. If there are enough days like this in a row, I've been known to pick up and move to a new country. Please don't psychoanalyze me. The only cure I know is to get on the road and see something new. I think they call it wanderlust. There's been a lot of those days this year for many of us, and getting on the road wasn't always an option. In fact, for most of us, getting on the road isn't an option even in a good year. There's bills to pay and jobs to keep and kids to take care of. But what if you could take care of all that and still be an explorer? That's the digital nomad lifestyle. And it sounds good enough to me that I've actually Googled the cost of a camping van. And wowza. But it's not the only way to do it. I talked this week with Mandy Franz, who does just that, run her own business, keep a job and a career going while being on the road wherever she feels like being. I should say Mandy is a former LinkedIn employee like myself, and that's how we connected. She runs her own boutique consultancy, Make the Leap Digital, and helps run the remote workers on LinkedIn group, which is a community of more than 50,000 professionals, both current and aspiring digital nomads and remote workers who are helping each other out. Our connection was not perfect, so you may hear the occasional snag in the audio. I think that's just par for the course these days, but I've done my best in editing. Let's talk to Mandy about how she does it. Where are you calling me from today? I'm calling from the Netherlands. And that's home, right? That's where you're from. That's my home. Yeah. yeah. So you're a nomad who's at home right now. I imagine the pandemic has made it a bit difficult to be on the road. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm not the only one, I imagine. I've been actually back in my home country now for almost a year. But before that, I was traveling like all, all over the place. Where did you go? Where have you worked from? I used to work for LinkedIn in their Dublin uh, European headquarters. And then I quit my job in March 2018. I didn't have a, like a solid backup plan. I just quit my job and I wanted to explore this world of remote work because I just saw that there was this whole shift going on with more and more people wanting to work remotely, wanting to have the freedom to work from anywhere. I started out in Bali that was just for a month just to explore what I, was I going to do. But it went quite fast. So within 30 days, uh, when I was in Bali still, uh, I got my first client, freelance client. As a LinkedIn uh, consultant, actually. And that's how my business, which I now uh, still run, Make the Leap Digital, started. Since then, I've been traveling uh, with my business, helping clients online. From Bali, I went to Portugal, uh, I went to California, and I lived in Colombia as well for half a year. I traveled quite a lot before as well, but I really wanted to explore what it is to live in those kind of countries. It's just a whole different experience to work from someplace than to be there as a tourist. Are you hoping to return to that life? Do you have other plans for the years ahead? Obviously, public health permitting, which is a big if. Well, so last year, I booked a one-way ticket to Colombia. I was not planning to come back at all. And then I met my current boyfriend um, in the Netherlands just two weeks before that trip. And uh, that's also the reason why I decided to come back. <laughs> so I had a reason to come back. Men. <laughs> <laughs> 
he actually quit his job as well and followed me to Colombia <laughs> to, uh, uh, yeah, to be there with me and to figure out what, you know, what we were going to do. And it turned out really well. So we're, st- we're still together. Uh, we traveled together, uh, worked together from there for a few months. And uh, that's also one of the reasons why I went back to the Netherlands. Otherwise, I probably would have still been abroad by now. But now I'm very happy to be back with this time, especially to be around family and friends around this time. The main thing what I want with this life is to have the freedom uh, and flexibility to work from anywhere, whenever I want. So I am looking to set up space in the Netherlands, settle here, but still have the freedom to book a month to, to Bali, book a month to Portugal, wherever it is. When it's uh, possible again to have the freedom to be able to work and live from uh, wherever you feel happy is the most productive. And that's the main reason for this lifestyle. I posted to my LinkedIn community that we were going to talk and uh, people were really interested. I got a lot of questions. It seems to be something that really speaks to people. And I think, especially right now, a lot of us have been stuck in the same four walls for weeks or months. And there is definitely uh, an eagerness to get out into the world, even if in a lot of places that's not really prudent just yet. And also, I think we've seen that working remotely is possible and a lot of the managers and companies that didn't want you to were wrong because a lot of people have been doing it. It's not always easy. There's a lot of personal circumstances that make it easy or not, but it is possible. Have you seen an uptick in in people being curious about that and asking you questions and, and trying it for themselves? Oh, yes, definitely. So when I quit two years ago, I used to work for for LinkedIn and I had an amazing experience with a company. I was really open if there were more opportunities at companies to work for a company as well. I even looked for remote jobs at companies, but there just weren't any. <laughs> that also pushed me more towards starting my own online business. And since then, I've been sharing my story on LinkedIn. And on a weekly basis, I posted a blog post sharing my experiences of figuring out this whole remote work lifestyle. And I just got a lot of people reaching out to me with interest in remote work because I was sharing my journey. That's really confirmed for me that there's a lot of interest. First of all, from a professional perspective, people are really interested in having that freedom and flexibility to work from anywhere. I think the most tricky part is that companies weren't ready for it. Uh, And I think now with the whole situation, kind of forced remote work, uh, forced work from home, as I prefer to call it, it's also kind of a positive side as well that now companies were forced to have this experience um, and to see what are the benefits and maybe the challenges for their employees. Yeah, we're seeing companies and obviously it tends to start in the tech sector, but not only companies being very open about the fact that they're going to remain remote into 2021 and beyond and give employees even the option to stay remote forever and they're quite happy to reduce the amount that they're spending on rent as a result yeah definitely that's a big part as well like i mean there's so many benefits as well for companies reduced uh, real estate costs reduced carbon footprint employee productivity so i got a lot of questions from the community that i'm going to put to you that are actually very concrete and very practical People are sold on the idea, but they want to know how to do it. And the first one was from Sylvette, actually, and it was 
how do I do it? How do I know if it's for me and, and get started? How do I know if I'm the right person to be a digital nomad? That's a good question. So you never know it until you try. But of course, you can already beforehand think about what do you want to get out of this experience? Like, why do you want to be a digital nomad? And what do you want to get out of this experience? So what really helped me was what I like to call a five-year remote career pyramid. So where do you see yourself in five years' time? If you envision your dream life at that moment in five years from now, uh, where would you be working right now? Uh, would you work for yourself or would you work for, for a company? Where would you be working in term, term of location? And what, a, what does success look like for you? I did this exercise that was five years ago, approximately today. And my five-year goal was really to be location independent and to be an online entrepreneur and have the freedom and flexibility to work from anywhere. And that just made those jumps to get to that five-year goal so much easier because I knew that I wanted to eventually run my own business, for example. So now when I got the opportunity, when I got my first freelance client, I knew that that would take me faster to my five-year goal instead of taking a job opportunity at a company, for example. For your followers, if they go to my Rise of Remote Work newsletter, there's a remote work checklist as well, if remote work is something for you. Um, so that's really the more technical questions, uh, such as are you able to work in busy environments? Are you willing to work maybe in weekends or late evenings? Because if you work uh, with a, a team in a different time zone, then this is something you, you should be more flexible towards than if you work for a company from nine to five, for example. So that might be a helpful checklist as well. Right, and that's obviously a lot easier when you're young and without children and with a Western passport to be able to get through a lot of borders. What are the, the demographics of the people that, that you're seeing within the digital nomad space, which is a question I got from Gianluca as well. Yeah, that's a totally valid, you know, valid question, of course. But from my experience, working remotely, seeing all these people, but also from this group, so the remote workers on LinkedIn group, there's a lot of families and actually older people that have like families or maybe already have a longer term career and have this lifestyle as well. And actually, so I did this online survey with this group a couple of weeks ago, and there's more people that have uh, more than 10 years of experience than sh shorter than that. So there's actually quite a few remote workers that have long-term experience or tend to have more families as well. And actually, I saw some remote workers that work from a van <laughs> with their family throughout the country. I think it's really about, again, finding what success, what does that look like for you as a digital nomad? If that's with a family, how then can you make that work for you? So it's really personal for everyone. So with a family, you might not want to travel around every month or go to like far places like Asia or whatever uh, but maybe you want to stay in the US but just have the freedom to work from from a van and uh, do that with a family or maybe like myself so now I'm in my home country but I want to have a flexibility to take holidays so last week I was on a holiday with my family as well next month we were planning to go to Spain uh, if that's possible due to the circumstances but that's remote work as well. Having a home base, but then being able to travel on the weekends or maybe a month somewhere place else. So it's really flexible. It's really, you can design your own lifestyle. You don't have to be a full-time digital nomad and traveling to different places every week or month. You can stay one year in the place or stay in your home base and travel from there. So 
yeah, again, think about a question. What does that look like for you? That successful life as a digital nomad and really map that out. That's a really important point that it's not a one size fits all. I, I know a woman who's going around the world on a bicycle and hasn't had a, a steady home in years. And then you have people who might have a actually a home base and just be taking shorter trips here or there and continue to work during that time. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So for me, having experienced both for one and a half years, I was really a full-time digital nomad traveling here and there. But now I don't really consider myself a digital nomad anymore, more like a part-time digital nomad. Um, I still have flexibility to work from anywhere, but I would now take it more on the umbrella of remote worker. There's so many different terms how to describe this lifestyle, you know. So digital nomad can be one way to describe it, or remote worker, uh, location independent professional. But yes, like you said, it's really tailored to your to your needs. If you can make the lifestyle work, then you can uh, design it the way you want and the way uh, it works best for you. Yeah, and and speaking as a as a bit of a wanderer myself, there are phases, right? I was moving around a lot and I was living in Cambodia and then I decided to return to France and I genuinely thought that I was done. And that lasted about five years. And then when I turned 30, the, the itch came back and I moved to Australia. Um, <laughs> and now I've been in London for four years and I'm, and I'm starting to get that itch again. I'm fighting it a little bit I'm like you're a grown woman stop it but but I, I definitely understand the the itch yeah I I feel you <laughs> I think that itch is uh it's something that's in you and it won't go back and once you've seen the world there's so many beautiful places to see in this world I've traveled to 35 plus countries by now I lost count <laughs> but for now like I said I'm happy to be where I am because of the situation happy to be around family but I'm sure that itch will come back <laughs> and then I'm happy that I have the freedom to work from anywhere yeah 35 yeah. and how old are you 29 okay yeah that's pretty that's pretty good that's that's more than me actually I I don't have that many countries on my list because I feel like <laughs> I keep going back to the same one yeah. so I've been in the U.S. east to west north to south so many times but also, I think I'm a serial monogamist when it comes to country. So I'm the kind of, of nomad who moves somewhere and stays there for two years and really yeah. gets the lay of the land and, and then moves on. So, as you said, yeah. many, many yeah. different variations of, of what you can do. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing, right? Like, it's not just you're a digital nomad if you're a millennial working from Bali. <laughs> that's like the typical stereotype of being a digital nomad. With a big Instagram following. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's super interesting as well, because I am uh, active both on Instagram and LinkedIn. But the LinkedIn community of remote workers is so different than the Instagram community. So from the online survey, the majority of the group works for a company remotely. Whereas from Instagram, there's more people that started their own business, work from the, all these um, Instagram-worthy places. But yeah, there's a big difference in there as well, I think. There's just so many different variations. It's not just that stereotype digital nomad, but there's tons of opportunities to make it the way works uh, works for you. And uh, yeah, glad to hear from you that you've been living in uh, London for the past couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's 
in four now, which is, is starting to be very sedentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But actually, that's gonna that's gonna lead me to my next set of practical questions, which I I got from a lot of people, Shireen, Danielle, Haley, and it's about the administrative practicalities, visas, tax, health insurance. Because the reason I'm staying in the UK right now is that if I leave, I lose my status because of Brexit and all that. And yet you can't just show up in a country and start working, even if you're doing your own business digitally. You can't just start working on a tourist visa. I mean, you can kind of sneakily do it if you're just on your laptop yeah. by the pool. But how does that work? Yeah, I receive that question a lot as well. And again, this depends, I think, on whether you have your own business or work for a company. So for me, in terms of taxes, so I am registered in my home country and my business is as well. So I pay taxes in the, in the Netherlands and everything is registered in the Netherlands. But if you work remote for a company, it really depends on your contract. So that's really case specific. And I know that that's one of the challenges that companies face with making the transition to remote work how to arrange those contracts and how to do the taxes, etc. Yeah, that's definitely a topic where, where I would recommend people speak to accountants and immigration lawyers and, and do this yeah. properly because it's, it's gotten to such a level of complexity. But it's definitely one where you, where you want professional help. Definitely, yeah. And it's really specific per country. Definitely. As, as someone who's at one point was paying taxes in France... Australia and the UK at the same time it's not fun and but yeah. there are there are countries who I think are a bit friendlier to to the digital nomad lifestyle like I was um, just reading thanks to Yusuf one one of my followers that Barbados is, is setting up a system that lets you come in for a year and and do your thing in Barbados which sounds lovely <laughs> yeah that sounds that doesn't sound actually I got a lot of questions too about business strategies uh, from George and Ohekoro, uh, people who I think just assume that going remote means going freelance and starting your own business. And, and we saw that that wasn't the case. But if you are, and you've done that yourself, how does it work? Do you get a few steady, reliable clients? Do you just spin short-term clients? Do you set it all up before leaving? Yeah. Great question. And I love that. So what really kicked off for me, what uh, I would definitely advise for anyone starting out is network. So both networking online and building relationships in my co-working space in Bali, I didn't have anything set up. I didn't even know that I wanted to start a business, but I was just networking with people that I thought were interesting. And I was just talking about my skills and offering my skills as well, helping people with any questions about LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, that gave me my first few uh, few clients and that really helped me to kick off really networking uh, yeah, with people and offering value as well. So I think that's what's very underestimated, the power that lies within your own network. That's probably why in your group you have a lot of people who are 10 plus years into their career because in fact, that's a lot easier to do when you've established your skills and established your reputation a little bit and you know more about yourself and what it is that, that you have to offer. Taking back to what I said earlier, thinking about that five-year career plan is super important. And that's what I now do for myself as well. So I have this five-year career plan in mind, but then identifying those skills that you need to get there. So for me, it was I wanted to be an online entrepreneur. 
what are the skills that I need. So it was, yeah, I still needed to learn about financial uh, profit and loss statements. I wasn't in a sales role, so I already learned about lead generation, but really business development. How do you start a business? Content marketing, accounting, budgeting, all those kind of things. So I did online courses. I did network with people. I did events and workshops to really build those online skills that would help me get to my five-year career goal. But it doesn't have to be expensive. You can maybe ask mentors in your community, in your network, people that are good in a specific skill and uh, to upskill uh, in that way. So that's why, again, the relationships are very important. I kind of started without a plan <laughs> in the first year. And the first year was really figuring out along the way. I, I had ups and downs. I didn't have a clear vision for my company itself. I just, I was freelancing, but it was a lot of hard work as well. Back then I had multiple like longer term clients as well, but I was trading my time for money. And even though the pay was uh, pretty good on, on an hourly rate, my bigger dream was to build really an online business that would give me the location independence and time freedom, more passive income, building passive income streams. And that's really what I've been working on in the past year. So last year I hired an online business coach to really transform my freelancing business in a real online business. So now I've been working on digital products on my website. I uh, published an ebook, um, for example, that I uh, sell on my website. I do online masterclasses that I record and can sell online as well and really scale more to now I'm planning to launch an, an online course soon and a group program. Really think more about building an online business more in a bigger sense than just a freelancer. If that's your goal, then that's something you need to work towards too. And with small steps, start out with freelancing, gain skills in the beginning, and then slowly build it up from, from there. To conclude, and it's a question I got from Kate as well, who was wondering, when you're on the road so much, and again, looking back to, for you, 2018, 2019, how do you create a sense of home? Do you need a place that is home? Is home just back in the Netherlands with your parents? How do you create that, that feeling of, of safety and belonging that you get when you're home? Yeah, loneliness or that feeling of belonging is one of the top challenges as remote workers. Especially if you go out there and go travel by yourself. It can be very lonely. So, for example, Bali, I was by myself, booked a ticket there. And I remember the first four days, I felt okay. I was like on top of the world for the first time. Well, like one of the first times by myself in Bali. And uh, then the fourth day, I was like, okay, I, now I could see some people. I was starting to miss this sense of belonging or community. And that's when I decided to join a co-working space. And the first day, I met some amazing people. And we hung out for the rest of the, of the month that I was there. There's so many people like you or like us out there, especially if you go to those remote work friendly places. So that's definitely something that I recommend. There's no need to be afraid that you'll be alone because there are so many people that are kind of alone in those countries. So uh, if you want, there's always the possibility to have that community uh, and to find like-minded people. And also I do a lot of research into my accommodations. I do want to feel at home. For example, last year I was in, in Colombia for six months and I live with a roommate who also came from the Netherlands by just by chance. And we uh, teamed up and found an apartment together. And we searched 30 apartments, <laughs> Airbnbs, before making a decision of where we were going to settle. Yeah, I've noticed that I nest really quickly wherever I go. So 
moved around a lot to quite a few different flats. But within days of moving somewhere, there are family pictures on the wall and photos of travels and souvenir. So wherever I am, it's it's very me very quickly. And that helps make it home, even if it's very far from from actual home. There's also usually French food in the fridge that helps too. <laughs> if I can find it, which nowadays you can find it everywhere. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's actually a really good point. I always bring Dutch. So we have hagelslag. <laughs> I'm not Excuse sure me? if you know about that. It's like what we put on our bread is sprinkles, uh, chocolate sprinkles. <laughs> and those kind of small things like chocolate sprinkles, also peanut butter, for example, I bring with me as well to feel more at home. Uh, and also pictures, like you said. So I always bring pictures of my family and I put them on my shelf you know, to make me feel more at home as well. So uh, that definitely helps. I always think back to Samwise Gamgee, the hobbit, who takes a little box of salt from the Shire all the way to the end of his journey in Mordor. And yeah, it's, it's having those those tiny comforts from home. And I, I always think of, of of people like you and me, kind of as the Frodo's to to the hobbits. You know, we're we're part of home, but we also kind of step outside of it, minus the yeah. whole fighting evil and saving the world's bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but there, but there is there is a bit of that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your advice. We're heading into the summer and we can get on the road a little bit. I think this is the best opportunity or excuse to be a tourist in your own country. <laughs> so, like I said, it's not the stereotype that you have to go to Bali to be a digital nomad. You can make this lifestyle work for you, even from your home countries. Amen to that. I've got my camping gear in the boot of my car, and I'm out. There are stunning national parks right here in the UK. I want to thank Mandy Franz. The newsletter will have links to everything she mentioned and resources to get you started as a digital nomad, should you wish. You can subscribe and read all the archives at borderlinepod.com, where you also can reach me, leave a voicemail, and find all the social accounts. Special thanks to another nomad, Alexander Besant. This is it for the short first season of Borderline. I'm taking a few weeks for what little travel we can do in 2020, but also to prepare a bigger and better Borderline for the autumn. When I got the idea for this podcast, I wanted to start right away, produce a few episodes, and see the response. I learned a lot and mostly I learned that I love it, so I want to build something that lasts. I'm taking the time to plan an awesome season too, but also to figure out how this can be a viable business going forward. Reach out and let me know what you liked, what you didn't, and what else you want to see. I'm your host, Isabel Hogal, and this is Borderline. I'll talk to you in September. Until then, wear your masks. <laughs>